Right, are you all sitting comfortably? Yeah. Yeah. I said in a patronising voice. Yes. Then we'll begin. Yes. Right. Hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells. I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurous Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, yes, maybe one of us will be drinking cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Now then, I am joined by the usual gaggle of deviants who usually come out on a Thursday evening to roll dice. And first of all, we have the king of the sauna himself, Mr. Matt Durant, with pretty sexy slicked back hair that you can't see, listeners. That was a very nice sauna I had tonight, especially. Did you turn your sauna up? Does your sauna have a defrost setting? (laughs) Yeah, and then I just sit in the middle and... (laughs) Spin around slowly. I think we've talked about this before. The sauna sausage. Matt Durant. There he is. What a lovely man. And then, not in a cable knit jumper this week, we have the sexiest man in all of D&D. He's all about the minimal gains. It is Mr. Chris Ragg. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. That's all right. I mean, I feel like (laughs) it's not me having you so much as you just keep coming back. Like, you know. Yes. You're the plus one. You, you're Mr. Neil's plus one, aren't you? I've never seen you apart. You're, you're very much a dangerously codependent duo. Speaking of a dangerously codependent duo, there is the other half of that. Mr. Chris Neil, the voice of Tatty Bojangles. How are you doing, sir? Uh, happy to be here. Just just happy to be here. It's, it's Thursday night, baby. I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll no, some... No back. reference to Little Blue Breeze? No, not this time. No, I, I contain multiple. I was going to get a t-shirt printed. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of many different shades and colours. I've got a joke for every season. All right. Classically trained listeners. He is classically trained. <laughs> old, sti- old school slapstick comedian, Mr. Chris Neal. Right, bit of housekeeping before we dig into it. I am duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. It's mostly improvised. And entirely inappropriate. Absolutely fucking entirely inappropriate. So if you have little ears, fuck off to bed. It's not your time. Right. Is everybody sitting comfortably? Then, without further ado, let's go for another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. So, here's a quick recap for all of you people who missed out last week. I know Raggy couldn't make it last week, so here's a quick recap. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had finally got their hands on their second Emmental, an ancient relic that they had been hunting across both land and sea. That only left the small problem of how they were going to escape from inside the body of the giant dragon turtle they had found themselves deep inside. The party had been forced to clamber inside the behemoth, having discovered that the second Emmental was hidden away deep inside the creature's reproductive organs. Belsiar, hatched a daring plan for the party to climb inside its eggs and literally be birthed out the back of the gargantuan turtle, which is what they did. On escaping, they discovered that in its death throes the creature had swam straight out of the sea and smashed into the side of the local coastal city, leaving a swathe of damage and destruction. Taking a moment to reflect on the consequences of their actions, the party had paused to pay the magnificent beast its final rites as its spirit slowly slipped away, its life force ebbing and finally 
extinguishing. Surveying the landscape around them, they took in the sheer scale of the chaos as it unfolded, broken down buildings, fires blazing, and citizens displaced and in high distress. After a moment's reflection, they decided that the most sensible course of action would be to find the nearest pub and have a drink. So, without further delay, they made their way back to the busty barnacle and booked into the attic bedroom for a much-needed rest. Before the landlord could even provide them with a hot meal, they were back out the front door in search of the old priestess who had sent them off on the quest for the Emmental in the first place. Arriving outside her church, they soon discovered that the place had been ransacked and looted, and Sister Perineus was nowhere to be seen. They investigated further and found the door to one of the side chapels had been barricaded from the other side. Taking a moment to calm down the people hunkered down on the other side, the piles of furniture were removed and the door was opened, revealing a slightly battered and bruised Sister Perineus who was over the moon to see her favourite gnome, Tatty Bojangles. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. There we go. Hopefully that made some kind of sense. I enjoyed your narrative voice this time. It felt like more calming and soothing than usual. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the, uh, the low lighting. Or maybe it's the whiskey in the jam jar that's made me slightly pissed and speak in a bedtime story, kind of. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. I like that. When you hear, bing, turn the page. Um, <laughs> right. Mr. Rag, do you have any questions? Uh, a few thoughts. It's rare that I feel bad in D&D. Like, the more, the worse my character is, the happier I am, and the further I find that killing this giant turtle has made me a little sad. <laughs> I feel bad for the turtle. I have remorse. It's more Maud's fault, I think, but yeah, go on, go on. I mean, I did chop a hole in its lung, but it probably didn't do much oh, yeah. good. Yeah. But but let's blame Maud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Either way. To be inside it, and To be fair, you, you did get shit in Ermin Frau's lung to start with. Um, you also blew a hole in the top of Ermin Frau's reproductive organs. I've, I've decided to only call them reproductive organs, as it has been clearly pointed out to me, listeners, by better people than myself, that I do not know one side of uh, a womb from another, or a uterus, or any other kind of colourful language if I went orienteering inside the female form, I would be very lost. Let's just say that. So oh, I'm going to just boy. call them reproductive organs and save myself some shame. Yeah. There's the sternly worded letter from the uh, British Academy of uh, Gynecologists. Yeah. It's true. That you got it's true. last week. Um, I did not get my uterus badge in Scouts as a child. I'd be very worried if you did. Hey. <laughs> hey. It was a different time back then. Yeah, I spent a lot of time cooking sausages over an open fire, but uh, that was about what we did in the scales. Right. Okay. So you know, what? I I think just wanted to say about the uh, reflecting on the morality of killing a giant turtle. Does does the does the virus feel bad about killing its host? No. If you're inside a giant thing, morally, you're not responsible. For the death of the giant thing. Does the worm care for the apple that it's chewing through? See? That's how I'm going to... This is, this is gonna, Matt speaking uh, 100% in Belsiar's voice. Uh, all we've <laughs> even started. I've never been more confident that like Matt's going to be like Mr. Robot. Like, <laughs> just the person in 
<laughs> fuck about the system. <laughs> I was also sure that you were going to make that into a GPU reference as well. <laughs> Isn't it? It's coming. Oh, here we go. Here we go. He's playing on his Mr. Robot hoodie. Come <laughs> on, Mr. Robot hoodie ready. I mean, I, I've got no answers for you, Matt. I think we should probably have a spin-off podcast at some point where you philosophize. Oh, God. <laughs> Listeners, that's a grim look. If only we had a screenshot. Um, <laughs> at some point, we're going to have a spin-off podcast, Matt, where you can philosophize um, in the voice of Belsia. But yeah, it's a, it's a valid point, listeners. You know, nobody is more sorry about the death of an ancient and majestic beast than... Uh, rants, by, rants by Durant. That's what it's called. Ah, oh, Rants by Durant. Like or Durant. Durant. Yeah. Durant. Plato and Cato. <laughs> if you're ready to kick off, then we find ourselves inside St. Silas's at the Church of the Blind Pauper, where it has been ransacked. If you remember, somebody has, has run amok and pushed over all the pews, knocked over all the tables. Things are in general state of disarray as you couldn't find much in the way of person there until you notice one of the side chapels was barricaded. You very calmingly and in a low and soothing voice told the people on the other side of the door that everything was okay, and they opened it, and Sister Perineas came out and was, was all smiley and happy, although she was a little bit battered and bruised and had blood, dried blood on the side of her face as she was like, Ah, Daddy Bojangles, how are you, my favourite little gnome? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I uh, I see this the, the the church is looking a little bit worse for wear. I assume this was the work yes. of the work of some some locals that were a bit down on their luck, shall we say? She she ushers various people out of the room. She's still talking to you as she lets uh, a couple of small children out of the room. As she comes over to you, uh, takes your hands in hers, looks at her handiwork of your fixed fingers, smiles, and says, Oh, so you like what we have done with the place? Yes, this was uh, not the work of looters. This was the work of dryads. Oh! Pesky little tree motherfuckers. I see. Um, yes. I'm not, I'm not a man who believes in coincidence. We, uh, we ran into a dryad. Uh, as we were retrieving one of the Emmentals, they had quite a lot to say about what we've been doing. Yes. Well, they had quite a lot to say about uh, the Emmentals. They were looking everywhere for my diary. But, you know, this is what happens when you try and follow your life's calling. Sometimes you're going to upset some people. But naturally, I told them nothing about you. Hmm. Okay. Um... When 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 were they here? Oh, several hours ago, maybe an hour ago. I'm just I'm, I'm just trying to like line up if it was before or after the one like attacked us. So I'm trying to trying to remember how long ago that was in in like in game time. Probably wasn't that much longer than two hours ago, really, right? About the same time ish. Uh, she she tells you the story all about how they were put upon by. A surprise attack by a band of dryads uh, who came and smashed and pillaged the place and scared off the uh, people who were who were seeking shelter there, who had come for a hot meal and some clothes. She, you, you just see her like slowly moving around. She's trying to turn tables back over. Um, Hanash, as she comes over to you, she she scoops up a plate of chips and dips 
and uh, just hands them to you, Hanash, with a smile and a warm pat on your back. Oh, thank you. I was going to scavenge these anyway, but muchas gracias. <laughs> no, that is all right. You look like a man who needs many calories to get you through the day. Big man like you. <laughs> As she just squeezes your bicep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're a big man. Well, la la. Belsia is waiting expectantly. <laughs> just for some what's-its. Compliments, please. <laughs> she, she, she walks over to you, Belsia, and she's like, I see that you are still trying to make friends with the animal kingdom as she goes to pet Kato who just like pecks at her and then she goes to Pekato and looks at him yes I see you are looking for love outside of your own species once again yes with a potato that's exactly right as she holds up one of her holy symbols as Pekato just like puts his little tuba hands up and guards himself and she's like ah yes <laughs> an unholy abomination that is great well you're still dabbling in the dark arts, I see. It's nice when you get to know him. I I have a question. I wasn't here for when Potato became. What? What is he? What? How is he? Is it he? Because I think Kato had flown flown off to to had had betrayed me and flown off to be with Panash. Mm. So I thought I'll make my own friends <laughs> from her potato. <laughs> So he took a potato and he used animate object to try and turn it into a living being. But somewhere along the way, the magic's got a little bit muddled. And he's basically made a sentient potato who is somewhat feral. Just um, <laughs> little bit nippy, tends to bite at people who try and pet him. Um, there was a picture that we shared last week um, of potato. He's basically a baked potato with a massive split in the middle of it, which is a mouth with little tiny sharp enamel teeth. And then his hands and feet are made of tubers. Um, he's an unholy magic, basically. He's he's got the the same energy as the um, pepperami. Yes. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's who he is. Perfect. <laughs> he's definitely got the same the same energy. Yeah. Is there any butter as around? Sister Perineus <laughs> is she? She talks to you, Belsiar, and she is like, "You have spent your entire life." Trying to master the dark arts. Will you never be happy with what you know? Must you always meddle? Sister, I, I'm i on a, a, a quest to, to know that all that can be known. There is no good or evil. There is just ignorance. Do you think your father would be proud of you? Well, that's a lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> well. I gave up on impressing him a long time ago. Oh, really? My mother wanted me to work in the adult entertainment industry, but instead I chose this, the spiritual life, and she never approved. She never approved. Nuns before... Uh, yes. <laughs> she gives you a very hearty slap on the back as she, um, she just picks up uh, a plate full of pâté and little uh, bits of bread rolls and hands them to you. And it's like, there is no need for this food to go to waste. Please, eat. As uh, she puts pate oh, on the I'll end of her that. finger and feeds it to uh, Pekato, who looks <laughs> distrustful at first and then just starts licking um, meat paste <laughs> off the end of her finger. And she's like, I like you, I like you. Right, it is time I introduce you to my friends. 
as she looks around and the various denizens of the church who have come out of the um who've come out of the side chapel you see um a little uh young pair of dwarfs um who are there's a boy and a girl dwarf they're very young in age but uh you see them kind of doing their best to turn over uh tables and put some a pile of clothes that were designed for the homeless back on top of the table um as she introduces them she uh she says he said finding his notes she says um yeah i'd like you to meet uh this is griff and girdle two little orphans they often come here for food hot meal to stay warm in the winter months griff and girdle are lovely little children they do not deserve to die at the hands of the dryads as she turns around and says and this man as she points towards um, a dragonborn, as you see a dragonborn with various tattoos and markings down his arms, she's like, this, this is Al Garandi. He owns a magic store in the center of uh, Nicodranus. As uh, Al Garandi walks up to you and is like, hello, well met. You, you see he is a red dragonborn. Um, oh, yeah, he's a red dragonborn, Belsia. As he shakes your hand. And... I don't see dragonborn through that. <laughs> Oof. Wow. As he looks at you and says, Well met. Algarundi, purveyor of fine magical arts. Anything you need, I can try and get it for you. Thanks. That's a very self-consciously um, give him the traditional draconic greeting of... And um, I say, um, uh, Belsiar of House Mayafistia Iliad. It's, uh, I uh, know that your name. Make me, a, make me a perception check. Oh. Wait for it. Wait for it. Come on, perception. Seven. <laughs> Seven. As you look at the tattoos on his arms, you see a tattoo of two foxes with their tails tied together. It seems familiar to you. Is that like the Dragonborn swastika? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, as you look down at the, the, the insignia that are tattooed on his arms, some of them look a little bit familiar to him as he's like, I know that surname. Is your father a professor? Yes, he is. Maybe he... At the wizard's sleeve? Yes. You jolly rum bugger. You wouldn't happen to be a friend of Flag and Soulspring by any chance, would you? I think we had a few classes together. Oh, well. Well met. Always good to meet another sleever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Class of 93, Algarundi. Marvellous. Yeah, I think... You saucy little minx. Well, if you want anything from uh, my little magical emporium, it's called uh, the Clean Wand. You are more that's, than welcome that's... to a 10% discount. Know what I mean. As he goes to give you a that's... handshake... It's he the goes Masonic, to give you Masonic the, handshake. Um... It's the Masonic handshake. Yeah. Yeah, he goes <laughs> to give you a handshake. What... Um... He like basically two <laughs> fingers pointing out at you in a handshake. What are you going to do? Naturally, knowing knowing the 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 secret sleeve uh, handshake, I 
grab grab onto each finger, wiggle them up and down, and <laughs> uh, make me a performance check. <laughs> uh, ooh, natural twenty. Natural twenty. As you take both of the two fingers that he's holding out in a handshake, and you basically grab them individually in each hand and milk them a bit like others. As he's like, "Oh yes, the secret may, sleeve." May the may the others of prosperity be ever dripping with fortune. Oh God! Well, look, you clearly know your stuff. A fifteen percent discount. Let's say no more about it. Right? I really must get back to the store. Please swing by if you do need any kind of magical provisions. Yes, this has been a travesty in the local community. I'm not sure what's happening. It's gone to the dogs. Jesus Christ. Not sure how this dragon turtle has crashed upon our shores, but rightly, I must go. But lovely to meet you. As uh, he just grabs a quick bread roll, smears a bit of meat paste on it, and sticks it in his mouth. Uh, as he's like, might see you in the shop. Tally-ho! As he just wanders out the door. So I was very impressed that he... Yeah, Ty just gives him like a, 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 a polite like salute. He nods and smiles at you, and you could swear to God that his teeth sparkle as he walks out. He gives you the nicest kind of little, kind of like nod and a wink as he walks out. Right, what are you all doing? I'm going to talk to uh, Petunia, um, mm. and I am going to attempt to strike a bargain with her, uh, which could go one way or the okay. other. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go up to Petunia and uh, I'm going to say, so, as I said, we encountered encountered a dryad when we were picking up the wind emmental, but yeah. we were successful in retrieving uh, the wind emmental and also the earth emmental. Um, as far as I'm aware, that, that puts us, you know, as that's, two out of four that we need to find before we can then find the fifth yeah. one. Now, I know that we've made a deal that once um, once we retrieved all five mentals and brought them back to you, you would tell us where our friend was, where Theolian was. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take, I'm yeah. gonna just take my, take my pack off. I'm going to take out the two mentals and say, let's call this, Let's call this a, a proof of a proof of concept. We have two of them out of the four that we need. Can we can we get just a little bit of information about where he is? Is he safe? Um, is it you know? Is it time sensitive that that someone is around to protect him? Because we've we've missed the deadline before and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's actually, whilst, whilst she's talking to you, she's actually, her eyes are locked on the Emmental. She's never actually seen the Emmentals in their real form. She spent most of her young adult life piecing together Emmental lore, uh, cheese lore, like, and putting it in her little uh, Gria diary or whatever the fuck, you know, you know what it is. She's, she's, she's got a little diary and she's, she's, um, She's been, but now she sees them. She's awestruck, and she's staring at these two magnificent objects in your possession. As she's nodding and smiling and talking to you, she's like, "Yes, no, this is wow, wow." 
If I am being honest, I half expected you to die before you even found one of them. And the fact that you have two is magnificent. We may, we may miss deadlines, but we always, we always get the job done, mostly. What the fuck are you? Like, window cleaners? <laughs> no, that is... You want to... Everybody's got windows. What window cleaner has a deadline? <laughs> <laughs> You've got 20 minutes to clean my windows. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> it's like this pizza place where it's free if you get, don't get it in half yeah, an hour. Yeah. She looks at them. She, she, she says, listen, the deal was for the four Emmentals and we find the fifth Emmental, but this is magnificent. You have made it partway through this. You have come so far. Your friend, he is in no mortal danger, but he is not a man of happiness. I worry for his soul. There is so much grief and sadness in those snow-blind eyes. I worry for perhaps him. He is his own worst enemy. I do not worry so much for what others will do to him. I worry for what he will do to himself. But like I said, I just saw a flash of an impression of him. I do not... That was a while ago. I will stick to my end as he bargain. Listen, show me the diary. I, um, I'll, I'll put the Emmentals back in she, my... She holds out a, a wrinkly hand. Yeah, I'll put the, I'll put the Emmentals back in my bag and I'll take the diary out and hand it to her. She takes the diary and she takes it lovingly off you like it's a precious treasured object. As she turns it around, she almost takes in the feel of it like she's missed it and she smells it. And she's like, I tell you what I will do for you. She flicks through it and gets to the back and shakes it and a little piece of paper falls out. And she turns it around and looks at it. She hands it back to you and says, this, this is a 15% voucher off the local tapas bar. Spread and dip. Very good. Seriously, you must try it. And she hands you um, friend of the church. Ruben Graves, fantastic tapas chef. Seriously, you must try it. And she hands you a 15% tapas voucher. As she she pats you on the back with a, <laughs> I am fucking with you. As she walks over to a bookshelf and you see the bookshelf's been knocked over as she puts it back up with a bit of help from Hanash because she's not as strong as she used to be. And she picks up various books and manuals off the floor and starts putting them back on. You see one which is ancient like fucking ancient book. As she picks it up, it's slightly weathered and worn and battered and tatty. As she turns around and she walks over to Belsiar, she hands him the book and says, I hope this can be useful to you in your travels, in your search for the final elementals. Just to be clear, there's What languages do you speak, Belsiar? Common and Draconic, although I can use... uh, do you have comprehend languages? I can use comprehend languages. So this is in a script that you're unaware of at this time, but it's a book full of symbols and diagrams, and it fucking stinks. It smells like a badger's ass. Uh, she's like, I hope this can be of use to you. This should hopefully help you in your quest for the final elementals. But in the meantime, I would highly suggest you checking the tapas out. It is top-notch. Top-notch. I'm I'm down for, for good tapas, sister. Yes. The potatoes bravas in particular are particularly fucking fantastic. Orgasmic. I have led a life of sobriety and abstinence, but I tell you what, I would fucking kill for the potatoes bravas. <laughs> Top notch. <laughs>
Don't yeah, imagine. we're we're all about them carbs. We uh, you don't need to worry about that. Um, <laughs> she looks at Hanash as she looks at the cut form of Hanash. She's like, I do not think this man has seen a carb in a very long time. You- the, the first one is that potato guy on his shoulder. Iron <laughs> <laughs> him up. That's gonna say. You see, you just see Picato doing like little lunges and squats. <laughs> he still has that angry leering face, so he's like. <laughs> yeah, he's just doing little power crunches. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my hand out for Petunia and just like shake her, shake her hand softly, uh, and just say thank you very much. It's, um, um, it's, it's very helpful. I mean, it's, it's, it's not much, but it's good to know that he's not in any danger from, from anyone else at least. Well, that is um, all right. She. She takes you to Only one side us. and sits you down on a on a on a pew which has been turned the right way round finally, picking up two kneelers and putting them back and picking up some prayer books and putting them on the back of the kneeler in front. As she's like, You're a good man. I do worry about you. You have been through a lot and you have seen a lot and sometimes I feel like without your friends here you would spiral into despair. Do not be so harsh on yourself, little man. As she pets Barbara. You see her just reach into her pocket and pull out a brat first uh, that just seemingly came out of her <laughs> side pocket as she just slowly feeds it to Barbara and strokes her hair. And it's like, you need your friends, little man. You need your friends. And when you are ready, I will be here to help reconnect you with this blind elf. Thank you. I'll, um, I'll shake her hand again and uh, just say, we've, uh, we've, got some, we've got some shopping to do. We need some supplies. Uh, but we'll be... Um, We'll be heading out from Nicodranus again, probably pretty soon. If um, well, if you there need is always to, a place for you here. There is always a hot meal. If you need, if you need to read us for any reason, just I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll probably uh, stay at the Busty Barnacle tonight, do some shopping tomorrow, and then, um, and then probably be on our way again. Okay, well, that sounds pretty good. Look, you are, do not be a stranger. Especially you. She 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 gives a thirsty look to Hanash. I, I, I drop like, one in like there, kind of. Uh, I shoot at the guns. I give her one ticket. <laughs> one ticket. You you just see the wrinkly leather blush. Uh, she's like, all right. Whew. Jesus Christ! As she just scuttles off, and you see her robes. She almost looks like she drifts along the floor because her robes just meet the bottom of the floor, so you almost can't see her feet. As she shuffles along, she looks like she's floating across the tiled floor of the church. And she's like, so long, my friends. Stay classy. As you just see her, like, vanish through a door at the back. <laughs> she, and she just, like, puts a cigar. Stay classy, see? You got moxie, kid. <laughs> when are you going to get me those Yeah, this is all an act. She goes into a smoky room where playing poker. <laughs> and dealing boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two muscly nuns with guns. Basically, open a back door for her <laughs> as you just see, yeah, like disco lighting and cocaine in the back. Um, <laughs> in my head, she's somewhere between like the the um, on Daredevil, the none on that, mixed with Indiana Jones yes. Senior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Junior, 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 yes, Junior. I can't. I can't do a good Connery impression. I can't even do a fucking consistent accent of any nation. Should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. Um, right. The church is a mess. Tables have been put right. 
pews have been put right, bookshelves have been put back on the wall, but it's a bit of a mess. As you've you've already seen uh, Griffin Girtle stroll out, like giggling, to live the orphan's life, whatever the fuck it is orphans do, I don't know. And uh, Algarundi's gone. As you remember that you've actually booked in at the Busty Barnacle for dinner. Dinner is at, checks notes, checks notes. Uh, dinner is at 7pm with a 10am checkout, you remember. Um, I'll turn, I'll turn to, the, uh, to the group, just say, um, okay, I think we go back, have some dinner, get a decent night's sleep, um, and do some, go, we'll go do some shopping tomorrow. We'll get some, we'll get some supplies in. I've got some things to sell, some magic stuff that needs looking at. Um, if you guys have got things you want to get rid of or anything you you feel like you want to buy, tomorrow is probably a good time. And then we, uh, whenever we're done, we can, we can, um, probably just head straight off again for, um, for the next Emmental. I, I, I finished the plate of food that I was given. Like, oh, good, I'm ravenous. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you leave the church, having made these plans, you see that the community is starting to rally round. It's been only a few hours since the destruction that was brought to the city at the hands of the errant dragon turtle crashing into the harbour wall and the quayside. The city's in disarray. It, there are still people being carried around on stretchers. There are still people running around in a panic state. But you see the homeless and the destitute starting to come back to St. Silas's now as you see a small line of people now that the tables have been righted and some of the volunteers have returned. You see people slowly queuing up, looking cold and wet and miserable and hungry, waiting their turn for food and warm shelter as Hanash just walks past them, eating a plate of their food. Um, just They all look proper fucking miserable as, he, as you just hand the empty plate to somebody in the queue. And stroll your way back to the busty barnacle. I'd like to cheer um, them up with a somersault before we leave, if I could. Jesus Christ, what are you, Aristobulus? Uh, go on then. Make me, <laughs> make me an acrobatics check. I'm, I'm thirsty for a roll. How do you do a head roll with a fucking spike sticking out of it? Uh, okay. Acrobatics. Here we go. <laughs> I got an eight. <laughs> So I, I go to attempt to do like three flips, you know, like the corner to corner gymnastics things. That's the intent. It's not how it goes. It's As how it you goes. go forwards, you do you do like a flip and a flip, and and people are like, there's a there's a <gasps> there's like an intake of air as people look around as a greengrocer is coming with a cart as you just smash into the side of it, the panel falls off and loads of plums just start like spreading everywhere as you splat down in the plums. Everybody like, as a proper pratfall, people start cheering and whooping and hollering. You've really raised the spirits of the people with a with a pratfall into fruit. Uh, as you end up with a plum stuck on the end of the spike uh, on your head, as you're getting a, you're getting a rapturous ovation from uh, the city's down and outs. I do a little a little bow. I, I apologize to the to the peach seller and say sorry I've got no money. Bye <laughs> and, and, and then I do a little ooh, chuckle, ch- ch- chuckle runner. Yeah. As as you see the sad look on the man's face, knowing that he probably lives and works in a climate which is very hand to mouth and that is an entire summer's crops worth of 
worth of plums that you've just mangled <laughs> as you run away doing a little prat run as you just see a single tear roll down his cheek. Uh, as he knows he's going to have to go back to his wife and explain why they've lost 20% of their profits. Mm. He knows he's in trouble. This man knows he's sleeping on the sofa tonight. <laughs> um, as you make your way back across town, back to the busty barnacle, you see the city is slowly, and we are talking very slowly because it's only hours after the disaster, but almost people are now turning to alcohol for solace. As you make your way back into the busty barnacle, it's getting a little bit rowdy. Some of the families that uh, Civic Cloaca, the landlord, has put up for free as a civic duty are starting to drink at the bar. As you look over, there's somebody singing karaoke in the back. There's just a uh, drunk tabaxi, like, propped up on the speaker stack, just, like, singing a song about um, three sailors and one cup. (laughs) I make a point not to ask the DM for uh, for elaboration on that one. Right. Okay. That's good. Um, as you make your way past the bar, you see Civic Cloaca's face light up as he sees you. Again, you see the family of Tabaxi that are currently staying in the bridal suite that Hanash had uh, rented all that time ago. Uh, and you see now that it's Grandpa Tabaxi who's pissed on the stage and is um, singing about three sailors and a cup. Um, as Civic Cloaca is like, all right, you've arrived right in time for stew. As he points to the end of the bar and you just see a giant cauldron full of stew, um, various cobblers of bread cut at angles and a ladle. As he's like, help yourself to stew. Get yourself warm. Uh, and if you know any tunes, please, for the love of God, try and get that tabaxi off the stage. Sounds good. Thanks, Civic. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to order a round of, um, Ale as well for everyone. Um, kind of stew without ale. All right. Would you, would you like me to put that on a tab, or would you? I'll like I'll, I'll, from- I'll get the I'll get the first round. Um, I'll uh, I'll just like look over to the to the rest of the guys and say, uh, just grab us grab us a table or something. I'll uh, I'll I'll run these over. Is that ale for five? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Okay, so none, none for Barbara, none for Marvin, none for Cato, none can for Potato. What's, what's, what? Can I order a tiny? In fact, I asked Cato, "What would, would, would you like a tiny uh, shot glass of anything?" Oh, darling, would you seriously? I am thirsting for a creme de menthe. Oh God! Uh, I actually have a um, bottle of uh, um, Warlock's creme, creme de menthe. Rattling round in my bag. From Fantastic. Beer, darling. Crack one open for me, would you? I've I'm got sure a thirst. sure we can get a glass for that. Yeah. Okay. As Tati, you see Civic Cloaca just produce, as we often say, four or five mugs of pretty filthy ale. Standard fantasy ale. Not high quality, but it will get the job done. It takes the edge off. As you start sipping it, you feel some of the weariness and the pains and the aches and the bruises start to ease a little bit as you start warming up. With a with a pint of bog standard ale, with a thick foamy head and a horrible sediment at the bottom of the mug, as the um, as the crow gets lit uh, on creme de menthe. Um, <laughs> after a while, you realise 
there's a duet going on stage as you look over and realize that the old tabaxi man is singing a duet with Kato on his shoulder. Sivet <laughs> 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 Cloaca is is not happy about this. Singing baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> the round are you having several rounds? Do you want me to just what what are you doing here? Just to fast forward through this bit. I mean, um I was you know, if once we've once we've had dinner and um a drink or two, that'll probably be it for me. I don't need any I don't need to do anything before the before we get a, okay. A so your dinner's paid for. Your board and lodging's already been paid for. I'll say all the drinks for the evening come to ten copper pieces, which is enough just to take a nice edge off. Each of you has a few drinks. The highlight of the evening is where you hear a scream from the other side. As you look over and see um, a family who've come in for a nice kind of quiet afternoon dinner. Um, as one of them's about to tuck into his baked potato with a side salad, as he looks down, you realise Potato has been hiding in the foodstuffs as he just bursts <laughs> out and picks up the knife and starts threatening the man on the table. Um, trying to, like, yeah. Covered covered in tuna mayo and, and yeah. melted butter. Yeah, he's literally covered in tuna mayo as he just bursts out with vomiting up tuna mayo as he just picks up the knife and just starts holding people up, almost sticking a little tuba hand out for money. Like, it's a robbery. I don't condone this behavior, but I don't stop it either. Like a proud father looking over, you just smile and nod with a little tear in your eye. As <laughs> he comes scuttling back over to the floor, and he brings you back five gold pieces. Oh, he's he's a, just, he's just, just like me when I was a, a, a tiny potato. <laughs> Give him a little pet on the head. You you feel him a bit like a cat climbing up a draped curtain. You just see him like climbing up the side of your robes, leaving a <laughs> smear of tuna mayo as he goes. As he climbs back onto your shoulder and dumps five gold coins and a very blunt knife into your hand. What a what a cutie! I knew I knew we'd get on. All right. Before you all head to bed, is there anything in particular you wish to do? Nothing. Nothing for me. I don't think. No, nah, man. Nothing at all. As you make your way up, you walk past the bridal suite, and Hanash, you particular get like flashbacks to your night of passion with a with a fish. I think you had some sort of oily fish in there from memory, and well, didn't I? Fire to the floor it, and pissed it on it. Then sit on fire, didn't it? And I had to try and piss it out. That yeah. was somewhat effective. You do. You pissed it out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Memory still there. Like it's that's a. They're still there. There's still a. There's still a burnt patch. As you see a family of tabaxi who are currently taking shelter in there, their home having been destroyed in this current like uh, colossal kind of fuck up. Um, making your way back up into the attic, you see somebody's already made the fire in the hearth and it's warm. There's only one big bed, so you're gonna have to work out who's sleeping where. There's nothing um, to work out. Hanash takes it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sleeping in that bed. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just, gonna, just like rest. Rest in like the corner of the like the corner of the room against two walls, uh, and just make sure that Barbara is comfortable okay. as well. I'll just. I'll sleep. Okay. Like, sat up a little bit. You're like the military people where a soft bed is too comfy for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get the. Battery. I was going to say Benton Fraser from Due South, who used to sleep on the floor, but Lewis isn't here to approve of my Due South reference. <laughs> Um, Tatty, oh, sorry, go on, go on, go on. I'll stop dicking about with narrative flourishes. Can we? Can I cast uh, comprehend languages on myself and have a have a bit of a look at my stinky book? Yeah. So everyone else goes to sleep. You see uh, Hanash 
is the first. He just walks over to the bed and collapses on it, almost in a star shape, uh, taking oh, up the majority of the real estate on the bed. I, I get completely naked first. Yeah. I always, Hunish, I always sleep naked. <laughs> yeah. You did, you did like that. Jesus Christ. Avert your eyes if you must. Just easy access. I don't recommend. Easy access. A bit like a rom com. <laughs> as you walk, there's just a scattering of clothes as he slowly shed clothes, and you just see the giant <laughs> form of the green man. His pert buttocks just slowly rising and drifting as he's snoring. As you look over and there's just a plum on the spike <laughs> on his head. As Tatty, everyone's drifted off. You have tucked yourself in between the, the corner of where the wall meets the chimney breast and the brickwork of the chimney breast is warm. Uh, it's not boiling hot warm, but it's warm. So you and the wolf have tucked into that nice little warm corner and you've made yourself like a oh. little kind of like... I thought you said, like, you, you touched yourself. I thought you said that. <laughs> I got very worried. I was like, 100% now. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Belsia, as you're reading a book, you just look up and you just hear a little, like, <laughs> no. Um, what I was going to say, what I was going to say, Tatty, is you're bedded down. You're very comfortable with Barbara. As you wake in the middle of the night, as Barbara rolls over, you look and you see Belsia's reading the book. He's made a little, like, light cantrip. And he's scanning across the pages as you smile and go back to sleep, is what I was going to say. No masturbatory references, you deviant. <laughs> you, Belsiar, and we'll say you still get a long rest. This is just part of the lovely narrative. You have problems sleeping. You have bad dreams about that dragonborn lady who you met in um, Nutbush Penitentiary, who you shivered to death. Her face keeps on um, Layla, I think her name was, comes to you as. Much like many people who can't sleep, you turn to read as you take the ancient book and you look at it and you run your finger, which is lit up like a torch, and you see the runes and they mean nothing to you. They're very sharp, angular runes, not a flowing script, but a sharp, angular runic script. As you channel your breathing and you expend some form of magic energy to comprehend languages, as you see the lines all shift and blur and weave and animate as they turn into standard common in front of you, as you run your finger over the lines, morph and bend and turn into a language, as you realise this is a spell book. Uh, and you realise it stinks like fuck. But what it is, is a practical guide on a spell book on how to cast the spell Stinking Cloud. Oh, And you now have the ability... After several hours of reading this practical guide, you have now earned the spell Stinking Cloud, which is a third-level sorcerer spell off the top of my head. So if you take a long rest to attune to it, you can add that to your... Uh, you've got your own spell book out, and while Comprehend Languages is in there, you jot down how to cast uh, Stinking Cloud, which I believe, thanks to the wonder that is D&D Beyond, not our sponsor, maybe one day, you need either a rotten egg or some cabbage leaves to cast uh, Stinking Cloud. But it alludes to the fact that at will you can now make a 20-foot radius sphere of yellow, stinking, nauseous gas centred on a point. Um, and anything inside that has to make a constitution saving throw or is basically choking and has to try and get out of that area. So it's, it's, a, it's a good way of cloud dispersing as you, you teach yourself how to cast Stinking cloud. cloud. Does it affect the person who casts That's it? fantastic. No. Anybody inside there um, 
who fails a constitution saving throw, spends the action for that turn retching and re- reeling, basically, and vomiting. Um, unless you don't need to breathe. I mean, the undead aren't really particularly affected by it. But if you want to clear a crowd or a room quickly, you can put out you can put out a uh, stinking cloud. If, if and, uh, you've spell, learned yourself a new spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had an egg, you'd be like, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lull. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Look, looking stuck, over stuck at the slowly it. decomposing plum on Hanash's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the rule of cool, I'd say you, anything anything decomposing or rotting, I don't think it needs to be an egg or a cabbage. Like if you had like a decomposing carrot or something, or if potato doesn't wash for a while, um, you can use <laughs> it. This is going to be Belsiel's new thing, isn't it? This could be the fire guy who carries around rotten stuff. <laughs> yes. All right. I mean... Also, I've never had a problem creating a toxic cloud of gas before, but now it's even more efficient. You don't, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> um, as a sorcerer, if you do want to, because you've taken a long rest, and all of you at this point take a long rest, so reset your hit points, etc., uh, and any spell modifiers that need to be reset on a long rest, um, you can shuffle around your magic spells on a long rest as a sorcerer. So if you do want to toggle out some of your spells... To put this in, you go for it, um, Belsia. Um, as each of you gets a relatively good night's sleep, there's a point where you lay the book down. Uh, you wake up, Belsia, and basically you've got the book open on your chest as there is a hideous smell. All of you are just like, <laughs> as you wake up in the morning, like it's somewhere akin to kind of like um, unwashed foreskin. It's just horrible and gag-worthy and nauseous um, as the smell kind of emanates around the room as you all wake up. But you are all refreshed. There's also the smell of kind of, do you know, when a fire goes out and it's down to the embers and the ashes and there's like a nice smoky smell. As you hear the rumblings from the floors below, as sunlight pours through the scant curtains that have been put up in the attic. Um, Each of you having had a long rest, Wake up and are ready to face a day, remembering that checkout is at ten o'clock prompt. I say we um uh I say we I say we uh hit the hit the hit the streets. Go get go get some stuff, go sell some stuff. What what's what's the time? Um So you walk over, you open the curtains in the attic bedroom, looking up at the sun, uh looking at its apex where it is or its arc across the sky, you you it's about eight o'clock, probably. I stay, in, I stay in the apartment. You're still naked, I presume, at this point. You just got straight off the bed and walked over to the curtain, butt naked. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually just like, morning's here, morning is here. Back to bed. <laughs> Until 10 o'clock. Do you know, like when you're at the gym or the swimming pool and you're like sitting on the bench putting your socks on, there's always a naked person who just stands with his cock and balls like in your face. Like that's what's happening to you at the moment as as you wake up, Tatty, hunkered down, warm and and well rested with Barbara in the little nook by the side of the chimney breast. You just see Hanash's naked green form walk past you at eye level, uh, and just yeah. pull the curtains open. I open my eyes and see this fucking eldritch horror hanging from his 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 waist area. Yeah, <laughs> get that dick out of my face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it basically looks like a sock full of marbles um <laughs> as but ba- 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 barbara looks away oh. barbara can't even look uh, 
as as Hanash pulls open the curtains, you just see birds take off on the roofs all around, like there's just a sudden scattering as the world is not ready. Uh, <laughs> just tell their friends how great that, it is. Uh, <laughs> they're birds and they're chirping, but you can you can swear that they sound like ah! <laughs> flying away from you. <laughs> it's amazing it basically looks like somebody's hate fucked a gherkin and then put a polar neck on it (laughs) It, it's got that kind of vibe to it but um, that moment goes fleetingly like we're not going to dwell on that listeners don't worry I can hear the listeners just just fleeing like Belgium are no longer listening to us they've gone the Philippines they're well into that kind of stuff Belgium Mm -hmm. are gone right you Wake up in the morning, you go down, you see that there's a nice fire lit all the way throughout in the different houses. There's a nice kind of warmth to um, the inn as you make your way down. You see those same two people, as we often talk about, the same two people who will always be at any given bar. The locals, the regulars, the, the, the pub's only been open for a matter of minutes and they were queuing up and these two regular fellows just come and prop up the end of the bar. Um, they were in there at closing time, they went home and they've come back. As you hear a snoring, as you see, um, you see the tobacco, the elderly tabaxi gentleman curled up behind the speaker stack. As a very pallid-looking Cato comes back to you, Belsia, very hungover. <laughs> I hope you've learned your lesson, young man. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Can I order him a, a, a hair of the dog? I order him a. a- a, a tiny, a tiny shot glass of uh, tequila. As he just sways slightly on your shoulders, he's like, "Where's my beak?" <laughs> <laughs> Let's get wet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this crow! Oh God, things happened last night. Jesus Christ! Right. Still got, still got all your feathers. Yes, most of them anyway. I've got a greasy cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. We we nearly went an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we've just got to one hour and one minute. <laughs> oh right, yeah, we we got one hour, one minute. Right, as um, Civic Cloaca is basically just running around, handing out cold meats and cheeses for breakfast. He gives each of you a little pack up uh, with bread, cheese, and meat in it. As he's like. It's been the honour of my life to serve you once again. Heroes like you, the crunk fuckers. Jesus Christ, sometimes people come round just to see. They see as he shows you a picture of you and like all of you and him behind the bar. He's very proud of the fact that the crunk fuckers have stayed here. Uh, he's like, well, I'm proud to say I'm approved by the crunk fuckers. Do people know that we destroyed the city slash town? I don't think. I don't think that <laughs> like, that. like, how did we? How did we get away from that? <laughs> did we just like start whistling and blend into the background after what, coming what out, can, out, 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 out of the much. vagina of black or whatever? We came yeah, out. what I can only describe as the awkward moonwalk. <laughs> so, you have intentions to set out into the wider city, do you, to go and do some shopping? Yes. Okay, let's take a very quick drinks break here then because we can perm- we can punctuate the episode nicely in the middle with a little five-minute drinks break and then we will come back for a shopping extravaganza, which I know Raggy is very excited about. Shopping! Woo! End of side one. 
damn it. You're going to do that, you twat. Right. See you back here in a minute. Who's ready for some shopping? Right. Tell me what you want to do, and we'll weave a storyline around it. Shopping! Um, okay. I would like to go to... Hold up, shopping list. Uh, I would like to go to maybe a, maybe like a blacksmith or an armorer. Um, I would like to go to... I'd like to find somewhere where I can sell some gems. I've got some gems burning a hole in my pocket, and I need to get rid. Okay. And I need to... I'd like to go to the magic shop as well. That would be very helpful. Okay. No worries. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. I'm just quickly pulling up some sort of reference for how much gems go for. If there's a separate, like, separate to, like, the blacksmith, if there's somewhere that sells um, almost like a almost like a fletching shop that sells, like, uh, bows, um, I would also like to go there. But I, I'll check out the blacksmith first. Okay. So as you make your way into the city centre, you notice now the morning after, things are still a little bit chaotic. There's still, like... There's still a a bit of a kind of funk over the city as everyone is on a downer. There's still like a sort of nervousness to the city. Um, but society's had to go back to work because people just can't afford to sit around feeling sorry for themselves. So you you see businesses are starting to open again. You see people like you've come out early and you see people like sweeping with brooms trying to move away the worst of the rubbish and the detritus and you know sweeping away you see parts of broken stretcher that somebody is just um turfing out the way at the front of their shop as they pull up the shutters and start laying out various meats onto a table of ice at a butcher's um as you make your way into the kind of main square of the city uh you look around for a while and you see um the broken shield armorers um as you make your way over you walk in it just has a strong smell of leather it's just got that kind of like kind of like kind of like a musty leather kind of smell as you see a very muscly youngish lady with big kind of like very good muscle tone uh with kind of like almost like certain grease over her hair and uh, she's got like a tight blonde uh, bun at the back which has pulled all her hair up um she's 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 a very kind of you can see she's the lady who makes these pieces of armor uh you see her with a needle kind of puncturing through leather uh making a jerkin as you come in as you walk in a little magical charm goes off and pings to let her know that somebody has come into the shop as she looks up and she's like <laughs> hello you all right hi there how you doing i'm all right what do you want? Uh, I I've got some armor to sell. If you'll uh, if you'll have it, I can offer you uh, credit in shop if you want. Depends what it is. I've got I've got a few sets of leather armor that I'm not going to use. Okay. I mean, you you get your armor out presumably and and put it on the yeah put it on the table. Uh, what kind of armor is it? Is it just standard leather armor, like just standard, entry level, just standard leather. As she looks at it, she she basically takes it and turns it over and 
assesses it for for what it is, and she's like, "Well, it's a bit dinged up, isn't it? What do you think I'm going to do with this?" To she's like, she looks at it, she's like, "It's cut and worn. I suppose I could work it up." I'm going to I'm going to gesture to the cuts, and I'm going to say, "How do you think I have this?" I don't know. I don't ask questions about my clientele. Bandits wearing, you know, this armor um, attacked me and my friends, and uh, now I have that armor. So she's like, "What does this look like? A dry cleaners? Look, you want it? I'll offer you three gold pieces for both of them. Three gold." She points over at new leather armor. She's like. I sell new leather armor for 10 gold pieces. What am I supposed to do with two chipped, bloody, and slashed? Like, how about this? Isn't a dry cleaners? I mean, first off, it's three, so um, it would be it would be nine gold for all three. Uh, all right, I'll offer you five gold for all three. Seven, five gold in coin, seven gold if you use it in store. All right, let me let me see what you've got. Um, I'm going to just gesture to the armor that I'm wearing and say, I've got some studded leather and it's working really well. <laughs> oh, you're one of them, are you? Like studded leather. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why we didn't get, I was wondering why we didn't get more jokes out of just leather on its own, especially standard leather. Um, <laughs> leather daddy. Yeah, that's what they call me. Because the DM oh, is a professional who would never lower himself to kink jokes. No, leather gnome daddy. What monster do you think I am? Um, leather gnome daddy. Yeah, I'm going to say, I, you know, it's great armor. It's working fine. I just, if if you've got studded leather, that's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more protective. Um, I'd I'd be happy to see it. She walks you down various aisles uh, as she walks past normal leather armor. Uh, she's like, "Is it light armor you're after?" Mm. She's like, "I can offer you leather." as she just shows you various cuts. And all of them are actually quite well made. I mean, not that it's going to make two shits of difference um, to the actual combat efficiency or protectiveness of them, but they're well made. And each of them has lovely flourishes. One of them has like a crane on it, like the the bird. Uh, Another one has two fish kind of like leaping out of water. She's like, I can emboss patterns on them if you want. I look like I'm a bit rough around the edges, but I fancy myself a bit of an artist. I can add a flourish to anything. As she keeps walking down the aisle, she's like, I can upgrade you from there. Studded leather. Or I've even got padded. Whatever, you know, whatever tickles your fancy. No, I think studded leather's about the best I'm the best I'm gonna get. Uh I'll uh I'll sell you the I'll sell you the, the leather armors. I'll take the I'll take the coin. Well I I, I might need something, so maybe Oh yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, I can use a credit. Yeah. And she, she picks up a piece of studded leather armor. She's like, 45 gold pieces. If you're up for it, it's good work. Made it myself. I've already got studded leather. Who's it for? She looks at you. She's, she's, she's eyeing up the sizes because obviously you're a gnome. She looks down from you and up to Hannah. She's like, who's this for? I don't want any leather, but... I need to tailor it. Do you have any shields? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I want something a bit bougie. A bit bougie. All right. She looks around and thinks for a while. She's like, just standard shield, nothing enchanted. That, oh, don't do magic. I'm sorry. You want to go elsewhere for that. If you just want, she looks down at a bunch of, um, she takes you down another aisle and looks on the wall. They're all kind of mounted um, as you stand in front of a fireplace that's crackling nicely. 
as she looks over at you and looks at the shields, she's like, I've got this range here, 10 gold pieces for your standard shield. She's like, she shows you one that's basically a standard uh, circular shield with a metal buckler in the middle. She shows you more of the kind of formation shield, which kind of you can go file and rank and, you know, more easy to kind of lock into a shield wall. And then she shows you a, a really kind of cool shield, which is almost like it's thorned around the kind of edge of the shield arcs up into spikes so that it's it's a shield, but you could use it to ram and batter and spike onto people and uh, almost hook swords out of people's hands. Um, she's like, just be careful with that. The edges are fucking sharp. Uh, and are these the, the best shields you've got? That's the most special shield, yeah. Yeah, not really my speciality, but, you know, I've got to cater for all sorts. Never know what kind of party people are going to. Yeah, that's a vicious, that's a wicked vicious shield, that is. Yeah, yeah, it's ten gold for that one, you say? Ten gold. As she lifts it down and hands it over to you, um, I believe a standard shield gives you a plus two to your armor class, off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, for ten gold. Uh, and this one comes with a beautiful array of wicked sharp spikes all the way around the edge. Um, she's like, are you paying together? Will you want to... So I'm going to use Leather Daddy's money, <laughs> Leather Daddy's coupons. Coupons. I, I've I've already got a shield. Can I, do you want to buy the shield at all? For any 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 coupons? She looks at it. It is chipped. You 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 have fought some impressive. Like there's a big scratch down the front of it from where the uh, weird kind of like half deer half spider thing that you killed in Nutbush Prison has gouged a chunk out of the front. She's like, not not really. As she looks over, she sees you've got hanging off your belt, you've got the um, spider's tooth that you ripped out. Yeah. She's like, now that I can do something with. You mean something that I can have, like you can, I can pay you to like do something with it or you just want it separately and you'll buy it off me? Whatever you want. What, what, what? Beautiful what? item like that. What can you do with it? She takes you to the table and she pulls out this tray, almost in this hideous kind of like serial killer tray full of different teeth. And she's like, I collect exotic teeth. And that is a beauty. I don't know. You could fashion it into the handle for a dagger. You could sharpen it up and make it into a a poison dagger. You could do all sorts with it. Use it as the tip of a lance. Could. I just purely do the aesthetic and the, the, the... the combat i don't do magic you could take it i've got friends um i've got a mate algarundi he's more of a magic kind of kind of fella yeah he's on the list for today he might be able to do he might yeah, he's a good lad al i like him we've tussled a few times as she does a little like giggle she's like oh, he might be able to enchant it for you but can you so i've got a, i've got a great axe can you put this on the handle so i can kind of like axe and then you know and then poison yeah, sure. We could we could make a great axe of poisoning, I suppose. I could do that for uh she 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 goes a little bit distant and she does like a beautiful mind. You see her like adding stuff up. She's like, It would be a pleasure to do. You don't see a massive spider's tooth like that very often. Um hang on. She's like she thinks for a moment, as AJ thinks for a moment. Hold on, while AJ refers to his notes. Um would you say a great axe of poisoning? Yeah, something like that. So I've got a great axe, and yeah, I want to add this on, so then it'd be one side would be poison. I don't know what I would do or how that inventory would work. 
She's like, 10 gold. If you give me 10 gold, give me a day. I like a little pet project. I can do that. I turn around like, do, 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 we, have, do we have a day, boys? Hey, we can stick around for another, we can stick around for another yeah, day. Can... <laughs> Sounds like we got a deal. I'm only as good as my name and I don't want to rush it. Not with something as rare and as beautiful as a spider's tooth. Not like that. Giant arachnid tooth. Great axe of poisoning. Ten gold. I'll have it ready for you in a day. I dig. Um, I'll leave the right. I'll leave the three sets of leather armor, which I assume equates to seven gold out of the what is it like the twenty gold that you need to pay? Yeah. So like the ten for the shield and the ten for the cool. She looks over. She's like, anything else I can help you with? Uh, you don't do weapons, right? Well, now nah, I'm going to be working with um, the guy next door for that. All right, um, no problem. No worries. I take it you don't do. You said you don't do. Uh, you don't do magical armor. Um, I think that's no. Nah, the- you want to be going to Algarundis if you um, if you want that. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, Belsiar. Do you need anything? Um, you don't really um, wear armor, do you? My, my birthday suit is leather, so so I'm good. <laughs> Actually, she raises an eyebrow at you. Actually, I will say, hmm. Is there any way that you could fashion some armor for my wolf? Well, of course. She looks down and kind of kneels down and pets Barbara. She's like, yeah, I could probably do you, uh, what do you want? Leather? Metal? Probably probably be leather. Um, she, um, she's a fast hunter. I don't want to, I don't want to restrict the movement. I like it. You want plated leather that moves flexibly with the joints. I see what you mean. Yeah, we could do something like that. She sort of eyes up Barbara. She's like, well, it's probably about five gold coin, five gold pieces. We'll do you leather armor for your wolf. That sounds good. You got yourself a deal. Yeah, uh, give me give me 24 hours. I'll get it. She calls to the back and a little sickly looking boy in a leather jerkin comes out like wet coughing. And she's like, I got a job for you, Jeremy. As he's like, <coughs> she's like, don't cough on the customers. It's unprofessional. <laughs> As he just wipes a piece of phlegm off his jerkin, he's, um, she's like, we got a job tonight. No sleeping for you. <laughs> oh, God. She's like, leather armor for the wolf. Great axe of poisoning for the big man. We can do that. Yeah. If you want weapons, you want next door. My good friend, uh, Alepolos. He'll, he'll sort you out. All right. Sounds good. Pleasure doing business with you. Uh, Don't make jokes about him. He's sensitive, all right? Wouldn't dream of it. Perfect. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, we uh, we go uh, we go next door. Uh, as you walk next door, again, you walk out of the kind of musty leather smelling as you walk into a, a kind of almost blacksmith's weapon shop uh, as you hear a boof, 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 the banging of metal on metal. And the heat of the forge at the back as you walk in through the mist and you see all the weapons shining on the walls. As your eyes accustom in the gloom, you see a sooty-looking centaur in the back. Good morning. All right. How are you doing? As you come, as he comes closer, you see he's not so much of a centaur as like a unicorn centaur. He's got like a really wonky horn off to one side on the front of his face that kind of bends round. As he's like, 
Alephalos, how can I help you? Are you, are you uh, Belsia stops and says, are you feeling okay? Because you, you sound a little hoarse. <laughs> Make me... Uh, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to intimidate him? Are you trying to amuse him? What are you trying to do? Now that you've asked me to make a dice roll, oh, no. I'm trying to say something funny, but hope he doesn't catch up on it. <laughs> All right, so make, make me a performance check. Using your charisma, make me a performance check if you're just trying to make him laugh. 14? 14. As as you just see him, like, he's, <laughs> he's like, ha-ha, ha-ha, ha-ha. As he just turns around, he does a little dressage. He's like, glup, 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 glup. No, no. he's the fanciest little unicorn centaur. Glup, 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 glup. And he does like a little three point turn and dressage as he as he makes his way back behind the counter. I don't care who we have to get to join our campaign, but whoever they are, they are playing this character. I, I think the vid- I think the video of AJ just doing that on screen should go on the Patreon site. <laughs> glip, 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 glip. Hey, I grew up in I grew up in the world of dressage. Um, right, as you see him, you could swear to God you hear a little voice saying, "Oh, everyone's a fucking comedian, aren't they?" Jesus fucking Christ! As you just hear him going back to like beating metal, which is not a euphemism for masturbating, by the way. Don't masturbate in front of an open forge, kids. Um, it's bad. Smoky bacon. It's not a good idea. I'm gonna say uh, sorry about my friend. He um... he's an idiot. I've no idea. I have no idea. Uh, all right, I came here because it's quite a accepting community. All right, I don't need this kind of profiling. It's not easy fitting in here with this. As he points up at his kind of like crooked horn on the front of his head. I know what you mean, buddy. And then I just like kind of lean my, I my metal bit towards him. <laughs> Cross swords. You see it for the first time. There's, there's a little. There's a little. There's a little glint. In his eye, as as he rubs like some of the filth off the side of his head, he's like, "All right, all right, all right. I see. There's an. There's, I see. Okay, okay. Right. What can I do for you? Seriously, I've not got time to talk shit all day. I've got things to hit with a hammer. All right. We'll um we'll make it quick. Um, I've got a um. I'm going to take out the great axe, uh, and I'm going to take out the short bow as well. Just on the off chance that it'll take wooden weapons. Um, I'm going to say I've got good steel and a pretty good bow uh, that um, I don't need. Um, how much can you give me for them? Uh, he points over um, at... He's got a bargain bucket of weapons. A bit like when you go to the garage and you can buy a pair of spectacles for like £2 and they're not prescription. He's got like... He's just got like a little vat of shitty weapons. He's like, I'll tell you anything. We buy any weapons. As he points to a sign on the wall. Is that what the shop's called? We buy any weapons. He's like, you might have heard of us. We buy any weapons. (laughs) Yeah. We really do. Um, As you show him, what is it? Sorry, a great axe. A great axe and a short bow. We could offer you... He looks at them and he turns them over and he's like, well, they've seen action, but they're not too bad. I suppose I could offer you uh, 20 gold pieces for the pair? Mm, maybe a 25 and you've got a deal. 20... F- oh. oh, you strike a hard deal. If it wasn't for that sexy beast over there with that spike on his head. 
Go on then, I'll give you 25. I'll give you 30 if you spend the money in the shop. 25 straight up cold cash. 30 if you spend the money in the shop. Um, what, um, do you have any, do you have any other bows? Looking for a, a, a short bow or a long bow of the magical kind? I, I, I don't do magic. That's Al Garundi's bag. I do just good, honest weapons. If you want to enchant them, I could work with Al Garundi to get them enchanted. We're a community, after all. But I make good, honest, quality weapons for killing people. All right. These weapons are not for entertainment purposes, as he points to a sign on the wall just underneath We Buy Any Weapons. He's like, these weapons are dangerous. They are not for entertainment purposes. I am not liable for anything you do with these weapons once you leave here, all right? There's also another sign that says, we're not liable for what happens when, with our weapons <laughs> once you leave. You've got a lot of signs in here, man. <laughs> no, that's all right. Each one comes I'm with a story. Kind of centaur. And then a lot of says, like, no checks required. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what would you like to buy? America. Um, I, um, I'm going to say, yeah, uh, call it twenty, call it twenty-five gold. Unless, uh, I, I guess you probably don't need anything if there's no. nothing magical. You don't have bullets, do you? I, of course. Yeah. As he, um, much like, much like um, the lady in the shop who you never asked her name. Um, you see, he pulls a tray out as he's like, what are we looking? I've got arrows, I've got buckshot, I've got pistol shot. What do you need? I need some, I need some Blunderboard's bullets. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, he looks at you for a while, looks at the spike out of your head. He's like, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, I've got Blunderbuss. As he shows you like buckshot and Blunderbuss shot. He's like, I also have explosives, Molotovs, Napalm. You look like a man who likes to blow shit up. <laughs> you got any dynamite? Aye. I'll take that. He's like, hold on a minute. As he's like, boy, get your ass in here. As again, you see Jeremy walk around the back with a cold, wet cough. <laughs> as he's like, <coughs> as Jeremy's just like, comes in again. Clearly the same little runt is servicing all the little shops. As he's like, Jeremy, go get me the boom boom stick. As Jeremy just walks in the back. As you see like... Jeremy waddles back in with like a tray of explosives as everyone looks a little bit nervous as he wafts slightly too close to a candle as he's like, no, 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 Jeremy, no, you motherfucker. As he kind of like just, he's like, Jesus Christ, that kid is one sneeze away from the afterlife. As he puts down the table, he's like, what can I interest you in? I got dynamite as he holds up. He's like, oh, you've got napalm as he holds up a jug. Uh, And he's like, we got all sorts of shit. What do you want? How much for the dynamite and how much for the napalm? Five gold pieces for each stick of dynamite. Er, those fuses are cut. Well, we cut them to a 10 second fuse. You can trim them down to whatever the fuck you want. We are not liable if you blow your legs off. Er, napalm, well, that's a bit more pricey. That's 15 gold pieces for a single jug of napalm. But fuck me. That shit will burn and burn this is the first and burn. Anyone's ever said napalm in a West Country accent? Could be. Could All right, be. my lover. Napalm. This is crab apple napalm. <laughs> All right, napalm. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Welcome to my combine harvester. It runs off moonshine. Could could we? Could I? Could I get five, six of dynamite for twenty quid? Is like a bit of a bargain. Bargain, like kind of. Oh, you saucy minx, you. Yeah. All right. All right, only because I like you. I'll take um, 
Have you got some uh, pistol bullets or like black powder, whatever it is, that gets packed into a flintlock pistol? I do indeed. As he's like, that shit's pretty cheap. I'll sell you uh, 10 pistol shots for two silver. All right. I'll take that and I'll take um, two sticks of dynamite. Um, Yeah, I think that... I do need to see some ID from you. How old are you? (laughs) For the dynamite? I pull out my... I pull out my government... Government approved... I pull out my military service... ID card, because I know I'm going to have one of those. As he looks at it, he's like, he's like, I only ask because there's only so much damage you can do with a sword. Whereas with a stick of dynamite, well, fuck me. All right, all right. As he looks at your military service card and he goes all weepy eyes and he's like, thank you for your service, sir. It's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> As he snaps off a, a smart salute, he's like, I tell you what, I'll give you an extra 10% discount because of what you've done. Oh. Jesus Christ, it's an honor and a privilege to see a man of active service. Tati looked deeply, deeply uncomfortable uh, at talking about his military service. And then as soon as he said 10% off, he was like, yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no corner of my soul I won't turn over for a discount. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a smart 10% discount. You, Thank you, sir. It's an honor and a privilege. I think that should, I think your dynamite and my dynamite and the pistol bullets should be covered in that 30 gold then i need some bullets as well oh okay yeah yeah. can i get some i don't know 10 bundabus bullets please he gives you packs so they're almost like little bean bags of pellets that you pack in there so he gives you yeah and can i ask him if he can like make my pointy um, metal thing into some kind of weapon, like a like a small, so I can stab people with it. He looks at it. He's like, I, I, I probably could. Um, I don't know how we'd do it. We'd have to get like a dentist chair in here and angle grind it down or something like that. But uh, yeah, we could do that. See, it's night, buddy. <laughs> I could give you a comb over. <laughs> he's like, okay, we could do that. Um, as he's like, all right then. So there we go. So that's all covered under the. Uh, under the agreed cost, as you, you exchange, and he gives you the 10% discount. Um, he's like, oh, he was also a man of service. Oh, he was in the household cavalry. He was in the what cavalry? Yeah. The household cavalry. I'm, I've not actually heard of that. Um, if, 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 if you're comfortable talking about it, I'd love to, love to hear about your, your time in service. Well, maybe go for a drink. Uh, I don't like rightly. He points at his bent horn. He's like, I had to slowly kill a furbolg. That's how ass happened. Nasty business. Nasty. But well, it still hurts sometimes. On a cold winter morning, I can still hear his screams as my horn aches. But anyway, we digress. Uh, he's like, all right, nice doing business with you. Anything else I can get for you? He points over at a bunch of bows. He's like, can I get you a, an upgraded bow? No, that's all right. I think I think I'm going to need a, I think I'm going to need something magical. While this has been happening, Belsia has been you know you know when you go in a like a small independent shop and the owner talks to you and then you feel awkwardly like you have to get something. And and, and Belsia feels mm-hmm. very awkward for making the the horse wisecrack. So he he picks up something that's like like some folk art or something like a 
a trinket. Um, he he basically sees what you're going to do, and he basically he picks. He's got tote bags. Is he's like, oh yeah, you buy perfect. any weapon tote bag? I'll buy an overpriced tote bag because I feel bad. Ten silver pieces for a we buy any weapon I, tote I bag. I count out the pieces, grimacing as 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 I count each one out. But I know I've. Thank you. F- I know thank this will you make very right. much for your service. I, absolutely, I. We we quite frankly need some medicine for Jeremy's cough. It just says like sheep your weapon and like song you in someone else's eye in the bag. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's one of those. It's got like a nice little reverse on the tote bag. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, you make your way out, uh, the last stop I presume is Algarundi's Magic Emporium. I'd like I'd like to get rid of my gems as well. Uh, if I can get rid of them with Algarundi. Yeah. As as you as you step into Algarundi's, you instantly get this. Ah, I swear, anyone who's ever been to London and has been to Camden Flea Markets, it's like being fist-fucked by incense. <laughs> um, you walk in and just this waft of kind of fucking smell of incense as you see the whole place is kind of like booby-trapped with joysticks. Like, everything around is just burning down joysticks. As Al Garundi just floats out of the back between two curtains as he's like, Oh, darlings, welcome! Oh, it's you again! Hello! One of the sleevers. Well, Mitt, I'll, I'll, Al, can I call you Al? Yes, that is fine. You can call me whatever you want. You can call me Al if you wish. My friends and lovers call me Al. Uh, <laughs> um, what, what, what do we need? Come on, darling, don't be shy. As he takes you by the hand and just walks you around, as he, um, he's like, "What can I get you? I have all sorts of." Marvellous magic shit in here. I've, I'm a bit of a collector. As Tatty looks over at the gemstones, you see a glass case with various gemstones in it. Um, Al Garundi just sweeps Belsiar round the shop. Um, as you see, um, I will tell you what he's got knocking about. He takes you over to a spell case and you see various scrolls. He's like, maybe I could interest you in um, some scrolls of magic. I've got scrolls of gust. Ooh. Scroll of Silent Ooh. Image, Featherfall, Minor Illusion. What, what, what's this? Green Flamed Blade. Tell, tell me about the the Green Blade. Well, with this scroll, he said, like referring to his own notes, <laughs> very slowly, he's like, the Scroll of Green Blade. When you cast this spell, you can make a uh, melee attack. And one creature within five feet of you is hit by a giant green flame, which does extra damage. It's more of a, as he like spins his hand out, he's like, a flourish as he makes. Like, he's like, don't just kill people, kill them in style, darling. I like, I like that. But yes, I can offer you other things. I have lots of magical tat in this store. As he looks around, uh, he's like, I have magical quivers that hold extra weapons. I've got the robe of useful items. If you find yourself in a fix and suddenly need a rope or a dagger, it's a useful thing. I have the hat of disguise as he looks over, but I can see you already have that, darling. <laughs> well, what's um, a, a robe? What a robe else do of we useful have? Items. Does that? How does that? He's never work? seen a robe of useful items before. No. Well. It has little patches on it, and each of the patches does different things, and you can once a day pull the patches off, and they will turn into useful items, so you'll never get caught short, you know, for the discerning adventurer who needs a dagger 
or a lantern, or a mirror, or that a pole, like, or a rope, or a sack. That sounds like me. How, how much is that? He looks at it, and he's like, Well, darling, it retails at um, 17,000 gold pieces, but I could probably do it for you for 15,000 gold pieces. I might take you up on that offer at some point. In some yes? years. Okay, well, we have a changing room in the back. As he hands you a small plate of canapes <laughs> and a glass of champagne, as he's like, darling, just take your time, browse, browse, browse. I start, I, I, I start like going red because he's he's clearly overestimated how much money I have to spend, and I don't know how to break it to him that I'm a, a penniless children's. You've never been in this position before. <laughs> it's not the rampant flirting; it's the it's the it's the mis, mis- ideas about your wealth. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 do you hear me complain about the flirting? He pulls you to one side with a with a with an arm around one shoulder, and you smell. He smells fan fucking tastic. His cologne is outpowering the joysticks. As he's like, "Look, darling, I can tell from your cheap ass shoes that you don't have money. So if you're more in the budget end oh, of I- magic, friend to friend, I could offer you. Uh, I have some magical armor. Um, more in your price I range. Have maybe money. I'm just kind of doing the whole like slumming it thing." But between you and me, you know that, I mean, I don't have the money with me right now because obviously I don't carry that kind of money with me, but I'm, I'm sure... Oh, do you need daddy to write you a check? Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can just, uh, I'm sure you have contacts. You can uh, send him, send him an invoice for the, for the, for the... Make me a persuasion for the, check. For the cloak, perhaps. persuasion that's an 11 (laughs) 11 he looks at you up and down he's like yes we don't do lines of credit here however if you were to join me for a cheeky bit of tapas and maybe (laughs) a bottle of red tonight i could see fit to find a bit of a discount for you belsia feels cold considering Will he sell himself for some magical trinkets? And the answer is yes, he will. Oh, marvellous. My friend runs the most magnificent tapas bar you've ever had. He looks at you and says, Have you ever had tapas? I have. I was I was planning to uh to uh partake in some tapas tomorrow anyway, so uh this this could all oh, be quite marvelous. this could work. Nothing out. better than a little nibble, darling. But seriously, right now, before our frivolities, would you like to see the cheaper end of the market? As he says, like, we have adamantium armor, if that is more in your price range. For a mere 500 gold pieces, I could offer you adamantine chain mail shirt. It's quite divine, really. Whenever anybody attacks you with a critical role, it counts as a normal hit for merely 500 gold pieces. Don't know what you're talking about. Why is the gnome whispering in the background? That's rather creepy. Perhaps I could. Yeah, Tati is just like looking at stuff up in the background and like perks his ears up and goes, Critical Roll. Perhaps I could take it off your hands for 50 gold pieces and I'd be very, very grateful if if you know what I mean. (laughs) Darling. Let's see how tapas goes, and then maybe we'll talk about me extending you 
line of credit. Okay. Okay. Tati's going to uh, just wander over to say, "Hi, Al. Uh, we've got we've got a few things that that need identifying. Things that are definitely are magical, but we don't know what they do. Uh, are you the are you the guy to talk to? Yes, indeed, I am the guy. I suppose if you can ensure that your friend will actually turn up for a bite to eat later." I will be happy to identify some magical items for you. Absolutely, 150%. He'll be there. Uh... <laughs> he'd better turn up. And he'd better not run away before dessert, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Just not right, he's in the background. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to... Um, as I, as, as Maud and Aristobulus are definitely with us, uh, I'm going to ask Maud for the black cloak that she got and the and I'm gonna take out the the pot and spoon, I think mm-hmm. that, that I got. Yep. Uh and I'm also gonna take out because I've still got one of the green the green warp stone things, one of the things that, that Hanash ate. And we all know it's magical, but no one the last person that we tried to get to identify it wouldn't actually tell us what it was. So I'm gonna put them all on the table. Okay. As you put them on the table, he picks the first one up. He picks the small pot. It's a white pot with a little stopper on it with a little brush. As he picks it up, he's like, oh, darling, you don't see these too often. Sovereign glue. Only make that mistake once. Little glue pot will stick together anything. Once bound after a minute, it will bind any two objects together which will be almost unmovable. You'll almost never be able to get those two objects, but be very careful. Don't mix it up with mayonnaise. Made that accident once. <laughs> this is sovereign glue. Little dab, make a square foot patch. Two objects stuck together after a minute. Wow. That's crazy. How many like how like how big is the how big is the bottle? Like does it look like you could do it you could use it quite a few times? He looks at it. He's like, judging by this, three times maybe? Okay. Three uses. Cool. Thank you. He moves over to the next item, he picks it up, and he p- it's been folded as it unfolds and all these black ripples kind of go down. He's like, oh, yes, I've seen one of these before. Cloak of the Bat. Very useful for those who like to hang out at dusk and dawn. So at dusk and dawn, you can use these. You can use it to fly at dusk and dawn. If at any point dusk or low light moves, you will fall out of the sky and also... Once per 24 hours at dusk and dawn, you can use it to polymorph into a bat. But only once per 24 hours. Wild. Absolutely wild. Cloak of the bat. As he picks up the green orb, you just hear him go, (laughs) No, darling! As he drops it and it just rolls on the floor as he just taps it with his little um, like felt slippers and it just rolls back towards Hanash. No, 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 no. Not for me. Not for me. You're not the first person that said that to us. Uh, or even just about this. Um, How much, like, absolutely, manually, like, goes to eat it and then slowly snaps <laughs> out of it and just, like, throws it on the table. Um, why, just why, looks at why, you why, is, why is this so, why is this so disgusting to you? Well, magic is a broad church. And even I have to have limits. He's like, I kink and curve all over the place, darling, but even I have limits. No, no, no. 
No, no. I have better things to do than corrupt my soul. My soul is already being corrupted. As he looks over at Belsiar and just cocks an eyebrow. But there's always room for more. As he snaps back to reality, he's like, but no, 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 no. I know where my perversions lie, and they are not in that place. Those are not my monkeys, and that is not my circus. No. Okay. Kindly take that from where you found it. But these two items, well done. Sovereign glue and the cloak of the bat. I'll give I'll give Maud back the uh, the cloak of the bat, and I'll um, I'll put the sovereign glue uh, back in my back in my bag. I've also got some gems that no, I'd then, like to sell. Uh, our shop is shutting in a minute, so if you have any more purchases, I need to freshen up before uh, tapas and a nice bottle of Rioja. So, any last purchases? Uh, I've got some gems that might be of use to you, if you'd like to buy them. Yes, absolutely. Show me your gems. Uh, I'll take out the, I think it's a ruby. Let me see. Yep, I've got a ruby, a sapphire, and an uncut diamond. Uncut John. As he is... Well, I can offer you 5,000 gold pieces for the ruby, 5,000 for the sapphire, and uh, 10,000 gold pieces for the uncut diamond. But if it's all the same to you, I would like them checked over before we do the purchase. What do you mean, checked over? Their authenticity. I need to make sure that they are what you say they are. And they're not going to turn back into a fucking pine cone the moment you walk out the shop with my money. Of course. I, I'll just, I'll put them, I'll put the three gems on the on the table in front of them or whatever. If it's okay, would you be able to come back in the morning and I will happily do the trade with you? I need to uh, freshen up and, you know, before my... A moose bouche, if you know what I mean. Um, I have, I have a little um, person who I get to authenticate my gemstones it, and and rare items. You know, one can't be too careful, otherwise you'll get taken for a fool. Is it Jeremy? Is Jeremy coming in? <laughs> as, as you see, Jeremy coming in the back with just, a, with a jeweler, just with like massive chunky glasses on, <laughs> just. With, just <laughs> Not now, Jeremy, not now. Daddy, daddy's busy. <laughs> he looks over at the dragonborn. He's like, you, I will see you at Ruben Nevers's tapas bar at eight o'clock. And maybe we'll talk about extending a line of credit. As for the rest of you, I'm a shut up shop now. But if you'd like to come back in the morning, we can discuss the sale of these um, rare stones. As he shows you to the front of the shop, he waft out and the, the sudden intake of clean air you realize how much fucking joystick and incense you have lining the inside of your lungs as each of you look back and he's given a cheeky wink to belsiar and what you're faced with in front of you you see um the weirdest sight there's this line of horrible dirty looking filthy rag clothed almost like kids but not quite and they're carrying like big slabs of meat as you see they go past you each of them carrying these off cuts of muscle and meat and gore as you follow the line back you look over at the body of Ermenfrau and you realize that um people are 
cutting away at Ermenfrau and removing bits of meat off her, and they're being ferried away as you see people sawing away at Ermenfrau's foot um, with a bone saw, and you see these kind of filthy little clad like miscreants taking um, taking slices of meat away, big slabs of meat. Some of them in wheelbarrows, some of them being kind of like carried by two people as they go into the kind of slum part of the city as people are slowly chiseling away at Ermenfrau. And I turn to the others and I'm like, stop, stop them. That, that's our meat. We, we, we own that meat. We killed Ermenfrau. And that's where we're going to pause this week's episode. Don't say it! <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, there we go. I, get, I was going to ask what's his name if we have any assurances that he's not just going to like skip town on us with the gems. But I you, you've got just just for that you you didn't leave the gems. He's gonna he wants you to come back in the morning. You've still got. The oh gems. right, I thought he, he wanted us to leave them with him. All right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. No, he's gonna get them checked over first thing in the morning. Um, you still have the gems. You've just been, you've just seen a massive line of people all carrying away giant slabs of meat of Ermenfrau as he's being upcycled. Um, and yeah, that's kind of affronted by the recycling of. Such a majestic beast, but she's not going to waste. Tatty she's being carried that, off like, into the slums. Tatty has that like weird like cognitive dissonance of like uh I don't know, a day in just in like any adult life where two things that two things that are are right or wrong to, to one person or another person together just like don't make sense. Uh like yes yes, she was a beautiful creature. Yes, he had a very sad moment when she passed away, but also these poor people need food. Uh, so he just has like a moment of like weird cognitive dissonance about that. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. That's one to mull over as we wait for the next episode next week. Uh, right, listeners, we need to draw a line under this uh, for this week. But before we let you go, we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun pack fantasy fucknuggetry. It is a pleasure as always. We love putting this together for you. Um, if you made it this far, please, please, please consider hitting that subscribe button. It would mean the world to us uh, and you will never miss another episode again. So uh, whatever you're listening to this on, why not consider hitting that subscribe button? But yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? Your reviews go a long way towards validating my crippling sense of worth uh, if you fancy chatting to us about anything we've said over the course of this episode you can find us all across the social medias but predominantly we're on um twitter at adventurers ano number one um why not consider following us on patreon we've got lots of fun content on there rumor has it matt might finish his uh, short stories about one day LCR one day it's just got writer's block very much the George R. R. Martin of Crocoborn, <laughs> some would say. His, his last instalment is coming one day before he expires. When it's ready. But in the meantime, I guess it's a big goodbye from us. Uh, it's time to say a massive goodbye from the sexy-toned voice of Tatty Bajangles himself, Mr. Chris Neal. Goodbye, my precious blueberries. Aww. There it is. That's copyrighted, by the way. You can't steal it. Yep. Uh, so goodbye from the... The sexiest green-skinned man in all of fantasy, Mr. Chris Rag. Au revoir. That's sticking. Jesus. And it is a massive goodbye from the sauna sausage himself, Mr. Matt Durant. Bonsoir, monsieur. Oh. Wow.
It's very gender specific. When did everyone get so sexy? And uh, <laughs> it's a goodbye from me, AJ, the DM. Hopefully, we'll see you back here for another episode next week. In the meantime, my friends, remember, stay tipsy. Goodbye. Bye. I love the way Matt plays us out with the theme tune at the end of every episode.